If you have enjoyed Baker Street 2033, why not consider supporting the second series? Go to ko-fi.com slash neilfitzgerald. That's ko-fi.com slash neilfitzgerald. Your support would be most welcome. A future Sherlock Holmes mystery. The Glass Cryptographer by Neil Fitzgerald. Episode 15 The Gutenberg Press. Alan Rouge had just revealed to us that Professor Moriarty had returned with the help of some crypto-anarchist organisation called the Gutenberg Press. But how do you know it was this group? asked Holmes. His fingertips were pressed together under his nose, his legs crossed in a meditative pose that must belong to his time in Lhasa with the head lama. He was deeply engaged in all the new information that Rouge was relaying to us. As you may have discerned from Amelia, how is she, by the way? Utterly distraught, I said, with more than a dash of contempt in my voice. I had quite taken to this delightful lady and wondered at the length of time it had taken Mr. Rouge to inquire after her. He seemed duly chastened. I had no choice but to lie low, he said. I knew they'd be after my chip to get at the codes to hack into Anima. I knew they were trying to bring him back. I heard about the plot in the Sherlock game, you see. I had been playing for months. A sort of addiction, I suppose. The gritty realism of grubby streets, smog, street hawkers, horse-drawn carriages were a breath of fresh air. Not the best metaphor, granted, but from the sterile London of 2033. Add to this the intrigue of infinite mysteries and playing the world's most famous detective to solve them, of actually becoming him for hours on end, and I was hooked. Sometimes, for variety's sake, I alternated between roles and chose to be Watson, assisting either a computer-operated Holmes or teaming up with another player in his role. Of course, no matter how open a game is, players are always eager for more, looking for Easter eggs, hidden features, I mean, and then pushing against its limitations, trying to make it do more. The player makes the game what it is, not the programmer. And so I began to try out some basic hacks I'd heard about, and being a software engineer myself, albeit in a very different field, I started playing around with one of my own. One of these was the creation Irene Adler. Another was a stealth mode where I could walk unnoticed into buildings and listen in on conversations. This I did one day in a villa in Maida Vale, which had the gloomy air of being uninhabited, save for candlelight I spotted one evening in an upstairs window. Hidden behind tall, ivy-coloured walls, its gates forever locked, I kept watch and saw the same light reappear each evening. Using my hack, I managed to enter the grounds and then the building through an unlocked back door. Despite my stealth mode, climbing the stairs presented difficulties as my body weight created creaks, forcing me to creep up them falteringly. As I neared the top, I could hear voices in the room where the candlelight had appeared. I made for them and stopped outside in case my breathing or other physical signs gave me away. I was still a body moving through this world. Even hacks have their limitations in VR. 
With my ear pressed to the door, I strained to hear what was being discussed within. I could make out five, six different voices, some more heated than others. Well, if you want chaos, ease your man, I say we bring him back, said one. You have no idea what the consequences of his being here would be. It's one thing to tinker around with this game, quite another to bring him back properly, challenged another. Anyhow, all our technology will be completely alien to him. How can he possibly help us? It will take him years to familiarise himself with our systems, lamented a third. There are more practical characters we could animate first. These three contested their respective points a while, growing more aggressive as they did so, but then suddenly fell silent and a new voice started up. Softly spoken, but deadly serious in intent, it seemed to possess an authority that compelled its audience to listen. You have all forgotten one thing. His mind. Allow me to remind you. The greatest schemer of all time. The organiser of every devilry. The controlling brain of the underworld. A brain which might have made or marred the destiny of nations. That's the man. Elsewhere we learn that he is endowed by nature with a phenomenal mathematical faculty and that a criminal strain runs in his blood. Who would not want such qualities on their side? He will instigate plots that our feeble brains cannot even imagine. Furthermore, he is used to operating covertly and with a large network of assets. Given his knowledge of astrophysics and advanced mathematics, I have no doubt that he could assimilate our technology with ease in a few weeks. He will possess the same deep learning algorithms and AI scripts as the other anima imprints. If we are to have any chance of success with our plan, we have no choice. We must bring him back. The name alone will strike terror into their hearts once they realize who is back. silence. Let's vote on it. All in favour, raise your hand. All those against? Then it's decided. All our efforts now are to bring him back. Our first task is to get information on the Anima Imprint Contractor, the self-service. They are the brains behind the new line of character bioprints. We need to target one of the team for both a backdoor into the systems and a blueprint of the printing process. Hawkins, our eyeballs, have suggested this person is our best option. He's been chipped, and now we need the information that is on the chip. Use any means necessary. Take Schwartz and Dunlow with you. I heard the movements and small talk of a group separating and made my exit back down the stairs, taking less care with my footsteps as before, since the noise they made would cover any creaks. Once over the wall, I made my way back to the nearest exit portal, my mind reeling with the thought of who they had meant. Professor Moriarty, the Napoleon of crime. What possible plan could they have that required his existence to bring it to fruition? I had to stop him and save myself. Time was of the essence. I spent that night coding a passable copy of myself, including with a fake but useless chip. 
Obviously, I had genetic modelling to work with based on my DNA. The likeness would be 95% more once scars and ageing had been factored in. I knew what I had to do next. I couldn't stop Moriarty coming back, but I could help his nemesis come into the world. I set about mining the Conan Doyle text for all descriptions, dialogue, other characteristic features so that both form and idiolect could be distilled into your bioprint, Mr. Holmes. The only problem I had was with the voice. I ended up relying on Ted Moore from some old program called Brass Eye. I ported the latest DLA, sorry, deep learning algorithms from the self-service labs into the scripts whilst removing the inbuilt GPS targeting and auto-destruct mechanisms that are buried deep in the code's logs. It was too risky to attempt dual bioprints on the same night, so I hacked into the Watson robot at the museum. Finally, I set the bioprinter to go online out of hours. After that, it was in the lap of the gods. But now, here we are, still in with a chance. Rouge had finished his summary, and we all sat there momentarily staring into space as the enormity of all that we had heard took shape in our minds. I was surprised to find that it was me who broke this profound silence. Miss Adler, impersonated by a man, I roared. What fresh lunacy is this VR? Some sort of bedeviled pantomime? Holmes picked up the narrative. Calm yourself, Watson. Your likeness for the mass opiate that is virtual reality is not a bad one. In any case, as this is the way of things now, it is we who need to adapt, at least intellectually. I am quite certain that the reverse will not occur. Sorry, Holmes, I muttered sheepishly. Keen to move on from my embarrassing outburst, I asked a question. What is our next move? Rouge answered first. I've been thinking about that. We need to inform the authorities. This plot is far bigger than the three of us can handle. Indeed it is, and yet I fear the bumbling bravado of Chatterjee and co would only make the matter infinitely worse, said Holmes. No, this situation is unique, and thus calls for a unique approach. I will arrange to meet with Moriarty on neutral territory. I was aghast. Holmes, such a meeting would be tantamount to suicide. Did he not just try to have you shot in that bizarre game? You forget that the strange history of our coming into being, Watson. Plucked from the imaginative ether, we are two fictional entities now made flesh. There is some common ground. It is upon this foundation that we must build. Detection is of no use here. An answer is far more likely to come from metaphysics. But your knowledge of philosophy is non-existent, Holmes, whilst his is formidable. Then, my dear friend, I go to learn and not to impress. I hardly recognised my friend in these words, but sensed he knew his own mind. He looked at me in such a way that I knew there was no dissuading him, and so ceased trying to. Right you are, Holmes, but I will accompany you and be outside the door. Armed, I added with emphasis. Holmes smiled at me. I would be disappointed if you weren't, he said. Now we must convey our intentions to our sworn enemy and hope he is of a like mind. Sherlock Holmes will return in Episode 16 
If you have enjoyed this podcast, you might like to try others by the same writer and producer, such as Dear Old Blood, Notes on a Wittgenstein Noir, and Modern Gothic. The writer now has a cracking idea for a second series of Baker Street 2033. So, you could also consider supporting the writer at buymeacoffee.com slash Neil Fitzgerald. <laughs>